What is up everyone, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode, I just have a couple quick announcements. First off, thank you for tuning in. The support on the podcast so far has been amazing. We're super excited about the community that we're building here with Move Local. So we cannot wait to continue to grow and meet more amazing people. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, head over there and follow us, move.local as well as sign up for our newsletter if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any new releases of episodes, of merchandise, of exciting news that we have coming up for the Move Local community. Head over there, sign up so you do not miss out. You can find that in the bio on Instagram or in the show notes below of this episode. And then lastly, guys, if you've liked or took value from any one of our episodes so far, please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you consume your podcast, subscribe to Move Local, and drop us a review and a rating. It really helps our podcast grow. It helps us get good feedback from you guys, what you want to hear more of, what you want us to improve on, so that we can continue to provide you with the best content possible and grow this amazing community. That is all I have for today. Enjoy this episode of Move Local. Welcome to the Move Local podcast. Our mission is to connect the movers and shakers of the Dundas and Hamilton area who pride themselves on growing a healthier and more connected community. We will do this through having conversations around health, education, entrepreneurship, and much more. We want to be part of helping you move confident, move free, and move local. What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Move Local Podcast. My name is Dalton and alongside me today is Donald Lazar. Donald, how are we doing today? Great. Yeah, our little false summer that spring started with got broken today. I was out for a run and got, got a little bit of hail in my mouth while I was running. So that was a shock coming from our humid 35 degree Caribbean weekend, right? I know, it's been a change, but you gritted through it. Yeah, it was great. It was a nice, nice run. I was wet. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Also, you broke my caffeine rule for today. Yeah. I tried to back off having caffeine after 1 p.m. It's now 2.05 as we record this podcast, but I couldn't say no to the gift, you know? It was totally unintentional, <laughs> um, although I, five minutes prior I had had the conversation about how <laughs> yeah. you had put that rule on yourself. That's okay. I'm obviously <laughs> not good at holding true to that, you know? I broke easy. You, you didn't just, have you to push started, You haven't created much of a habit around it. <laughs> they take a little bit of time to exactly. change behaviors, right? Um, but we're back with another episode, guys. So last episode, you would have heard Tyler. So D and Will recorded that podcast. Dee was on her first podcast. I heard she did amazing. Um, me and Don are going to take the reins on this one. We also have two awesome guests this week. So we have Jersey and Mike. They are new business owners with a company called Civic, um, which is an urban planning and design studio based out of South Southern Ontario, sorry, but mostly Hamilton as well as London. And we're super excited to have them on to talk about uh, all things urban design and planning. Guys, how are we doing? Hey, fellas, doing great. Appreciate you having us on. This will yeah. be fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. So maybe where we could... Um, actually, you know what? Why don't, what do you guys think of the design of the building? The inside, the outside. What are you thinking? Do you like it? And we can take the hard notes. So we're not afraid. <laughs> I think uh, from an urban design perspective, it's an interesting uh, kind of... Uh, the placement of the building is exactly where it should be on a site, on the street, which is great. I just wish that the front entrance of your building was actually on the street, <laughs> yeah. not towards the parking lot, just from an urban design perspective, okay. from looking at it from that way. But okay. the inside is amazing. You guys have done a great job of the inside. The space is really cool. And uh, yeah, no, it's great. 
Yeah, I we think did. this was a retrofit, wasn't it? Like this, this use, this building was here. I'm pretty sure. Or is this like, or is it totally torn down, rebuilt? I can't remember because I, I do remember this site and it like kicking around and, and people kicking tires on it and and them trying to do something different with it. But it was it was a car wash and so this went right to the ground. There was there was some interesting stuff that we could dive into later after the podcast <laughs> about it. You'll probably be interested. They found some unexpected stuff underground. Um, but uh, yes, this is a brand new, brand new build. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, space looks great, guys. Done an awesome job fitting it out. Awesome. Appreciate it. Why don't you guys do a little intro? Maybe we'll start uh, with you, Mike. Like, just introduce yourself. Give a little background to, to who you are. We know you're local to the area, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Happy to introduce myself. So, uh, Mike Davis. Um, I, I am local to Hamilton now. I'm not a Hamilton native, so I'm kind of a, a, a transplant or pretend, but. Uh, Learning more about the city and falling more in love with it uh, every day. Um, grew up in Owen Sound. Um, went to university uh, in Toronto at Ryerson University. Did, went to planning school there. Um, one of my first jobs in the, the planning and urban design world was was for the uh, city of London. That's where I ran into this cat, uh, Jersey. Um, had the opportunity to work with a guy named John Fleming. Um, because this was a hugely influential sort of factor on both of our careers and spent some time with them. And then um, after a few years in London, I, I moved out west, um, was doing planning work for the city of Calgary, uh, so spent some time out there. And then uh, most my most recent stop in the public sector was with the city of Hamilton. Uh, so worked for, there for a couple of years uh, and have recently, along with Jersey, launched Civic. Awesome. Jersey? Yeah, no, so I, um, I'm actually... Um, been living in London for over 25 years. Um, I was originally born in London, in Poland. Family came to London. We had, uh, you know, I, I went to Fanshawe College for an applied degree program to do uh, planning, and uh, got myself involved uh, with with a co-op program, and then got a, a job at the City of London as a student. And following that uh, successful kind of stint of eight months at the city. I went back to school and was then hired on uh, by the City of London as an urban design tech with the promise by, uh, to John Fleming actually that I would go back to my master's in England and actually uh, get my master's in urban design so I can become an urban designer. So I ended up doing that and ended up working for the city for a total of about uh, just over 11 years. So after that, uh, Mike and I actually for the last, what was it, year and a half? Or so yeah yeah at least 18 months yeah we we've discussed been discussing for a really long time opportunities to kind of branch out and do stuff in the, in the private sector and the idea for for civic came from there and ever since uh, the pandemic slowed us down a little bit in terms of starting up but uh, we just weren't sure what was going to happen with the market and you know working for the public sector is a much more secure type of job definitely in, un in turbulent times but uh <laughs> I think we were uh, ready and more ready because of the pandemic to make the leap and we're happy to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you guys moving from like the public more to the private sector, maybe a good place to start is like, you know, I, I love the name and, and more importantly, like the brand that you guys are, are building, something that we really take pride in with like our, with our business is like building a brand in a community. And I know you guys are off to do that as well. Maybe we could start with like Civic. I, you know, people aren't seeing the name right now, but it's spelt differently. So maybe the meaning behind the name. Um, and then we could dive into a little bit of like what you guys do and how you approach um, your business. You want to tackle that one, Jersey? Or you want me to do it or what? Uh, I mean, 
let's let's be honest. I think uh, figuring out a name for a business is a daunting task. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, what are you going to call yourself? Do you want to have something interesting, but something that makes sense, something that maybe has a backstory to it, or something that has some kind of you know relevance. And I think we bounced around ideas for for a little bit. Like we were trying really hard to figure out, you know, what do we want to call it? A lot of planners or a lot of planning firms just use their last names. To be honest, uh, that's kind of seems to be the typical way to go. A lot of consulting firms start off small and then it's off one person shop or two person shop and then it grows. But that's oftentimes what it is. But that's not, we knew that's not what we wanted. We wanted something a little bit more interesting. And you know, I don't even to be honest, how did we land on Civic itself? Like, well, I think I mean uh, for the both of us, like you know, we knew when we were starting this venture that. Uh, you know, this was going to be about more than just dollars and cents that, you know, the two of us are, are super passionate about, you know, planning urban design about cities. And so like a lot of the inspiration that we were feeling was from, you know, like citizens and how they interact with their cities and that notion of there being sort of like a civic responsibility attached to what we're doing, not just, not just the business. Uh, and that's, I think that kind of spawned this, this notion of talking about, you know, civics people in their cities um, and then you know the so our actual you know brand name is the phonetic spelling of civic s-i-v-i-k and that was just sort of a creative twist on you know the root word of civic and it's sort of a reflection of the creativity that we want to bring to the table so I think that's kind of this how it spawned but uh, it wasn't an easy process to get there for sure was, yeah. yeah definitely like I think we definitely wanted to show that we were different and so by spelling even the name differently than what it, you would typically think it is was something that we, we thought we wanted to, to really do. And I think, I think it works. I think it works. Yeah, I think, it, <clears throat> I think it's great. Um, I really like the way it connects with, with people. Um, and using the phonetic spelling, just kind of, you write it, it does make it pop a little bit. And yeah, Peaks curiosity. Peaks curiosity. Yeah. And you played a little bit with the, uh, the brackets as well. And um, yeah, I really like that. Um, pulling back to you know, the people and the importance of, you know, design. Um, I, I'm really interested. I, I, I didn't find a ton on your website about it or anything like that. But um, personally, I like the idea of green design is really interesting to me. Um, what are you, you know, and I think that when you think about people and how important that is, um, is that an area that you guys have worked much in? Or is there much interest in the field or in, in the private sector in developing that direction at all? I'd say uh, there's definitely, you know, cities are looking to be more green and uh, I say that in air quotes, I guess, because uh, what does that really mean? And I feel like that changes quite often. It's, uh, it's very easy to focus solely on one element and then totally forget about the rest or, or focus on one element. And if you're not actually doing certain other things that are really important, are you really as green or, or sustainable or whatever the buzzword that you want to use? Uh, to replace that. I think good urban planning and good design incorporates uh, kind of that green element and whether it's green in the sense of how we treat our open spaces, so kind of our parks or our natural features, or green in terms of new technologies, or green even thinking from the perspective even deeper of you know, how we lay out our neighborhoods and how we lay out our cities. If we lay them out in such a way where we're constantly sprawling and going out, outwards constantly, that means people are going to have to drive. There's no alternative. You're not creating an alternative for people. Mm -hmm. And so if you do that, are you really green? Are you really incorporating that? So there's many levels and factors to think about. 
from an urban planning and urban design perspective on on how can you incorporate green design. And I think from our for our perspective, I think you know for for us, good design and good urban design, good planning uh, looks at all those factors. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, no, that's that's great. That's a good answer. I um, it was totally just off the top of my head while we were when when you brought that up. But I, I love I love the you know the degrees of how you can think about kind of green design and the importance of like you said like good design incorporates that, but it also needs to be practical and and you know and purposeful beyond just making as green as possible. Right. And does that kind of, I think I saw it on one of your Instagram posts, which I do want to dive into, like, I really, into your Instagram in general of how you've taken the approach, I, it seems like more of an education platform, which I, we, we love that, that's what we do with our Instagram. Um, but you talked about the idea of, like, city building and mentioning it as being, like, a shared responsibility. What, what does that mean, like, when you guys talk about a shared responsibility with, with the public? Like, what does that mean, and how do you guys facilitate that as a, as a, as a company? Yeah, well, on the Instagram piece, I mean, uh, that's that's definitely the angle we're going for. I wish we had, uh, you know, when you're starting these things, it's like uh, you've got all these um, idealistic notions about how much time you're going to have to uh, accomplish things in a day and how much time things will take, as you guys, I'm sure, well know. Um, so uh, we're, we're trying our best to, uh, to, to keep on top of that, but um, it is a challenge. Like in terms of, you know, what we do, we like to think of ourselves as as a cog or a player in in city building. I think that you know the term like planning and, and viewing ourselves as planners, it comes with like a, with a bit of a bureaucratic kind of connotation to it that that I've never really associated with. Um, the term city building is something that gets me a lot more excited. And really, you know, city building is is anything that has to do with. Um, moves making progress making moves in the the urban built or social fabric of our city so you know city building um can be something as as broad as you know the lrt project um or it could be something as sort of like specific and uh community-based as like what you guys are doing here with this with this podcast so you know how we're involved with city building is we help our our clients are are primarily uh, builders and developers and they're the ones who are, uh, by and large, uh, shaping the, the physical, the built fabric of our cities. And so uh, Jersey and I are involved in, you know, advising them. How do we design these, these sites? How do we design these developments in a way that uh, is going to contribute to something broader than just this single development? That it's actually contributing to the building of the city. So... That's kind of what we mean when we're talking about city building. It's a little bit about sort of how we contribute to city building, but it's a, it's a broad term and there's so much involved in it. Yeah, it's interesting, like coming from the public sector, you have a different influence on city building depending on where, where you're at in that kind of bureaucracy, right? Um, you know, by controlling what builders and developers can do, whereas now you're sort of having an influence on Kind of the decision making of you know builders and developers which you know maybe very often look at bottom line scenario and sometimes the decisions to build a city as you said with good social fabric and and maybe some some green components to it or what what have you you know good design good planning 
um, might sort of raise the budget a bit, perhaps, right? And so you're having influence on a different side. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting because I often we hear you know if we we want to do good urban design or do urban design good planning, it's going to cost more. It doesn't necessarily have to cost more. It's just you know you got to look at the project and where you can make those things make more sense than where they maybe would have come in uh, without that. And I think from our perspective, you know, we yeah we worked for the the public sector. Um, I worked as an urban designer for, yeah, I think it was the last six years, trying to influence change on a lot of developments happening in the city in terms of reviewing their application. So when an application would come in for a rezoning or a site plan, I would, you know, apply city policies. However, you know, there's a certain plateau you get to, right? Because you start to work with people who, you know, they just, you're hearing the same thing from you over and over again. And you hope that the next time they come in, they're gonna actually just implement it so they don't have to hear the same thing, but it doesn't really happen that way. And I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to really start this is, this gives us a chance, an opportunity to start the influence of kind of good design and good planning and good kind of ideals uh, within the design of the site really early on in the process. And kind of setting that expectation, working with our clients and telling them, look, if you do it this way, we're not gonna have to redesign it five times. The city's not going to make us redesign it five times and we're not going to waste time or spend money on the design and the changes and all those kind of things if we can do this right the first time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, you know, uh, uh, kind of like I said, I worked for so long in trying to influence it from the public sector and now it's kind of a, a new adventure of trying to influence that urban form from the private side, which is exciting and it's interesting and it's interesting to see how things are working for us right now and how successful we have been in terms of know talking our clients through uh, some of the pros and cons and how to you know make things uh, I think a good design from the outset and bring it to the city and then they see that they don't get a lot of comments back on making changes to the design of their site and they're almost like not believing that that's the case because that hasn't been the case for so many of them yeah it's it's cool you know it sounds like it's coming down to communication right Um, you know like that that attention to communicating clearly you know the pros and cons early on is is kind of paying dividends for you and and like leading to the these good outcomes and it's similar in what what we do right you know communication is just so important and it's, it's cool seeing these parallels always between different different fields yeah it's, it's interesting you say that because like we actually communicate in a very different way than what we've seen come through from other consultants we try to communicate very graphically so we're very graphic based, very simple to the point of, you know, a picture tells a million words, right? A thousand words. And you just look at that and you, you were able to really distill in images and graphics how we got from the, you know, the policy context uh, that exists on that site or in the area and the actual built context and how what we're coming up with makes sense from both of those perspectives. And it's really trying to communicate that in a way that I think most people uh, are better at uh, taking in information when they see something visual. When they see a 50-page report with a few, you know, clipped pictures from, uh, you know, uh, screenshots from a website, it's not really going to get you excited about anything, right? And so, really, how you communicate is, is definitely important. How have you seen that pay off? Because um, obviously, from what I understand, you know, of talking a little bit about this with you, um, Jersey is like. You know, you guys are coming at it from a little bit of a different approach. It's not necessarily as like cookie cutter, maybe as some of the other like 
consulting firms that just kind of bring people through as fast as they can. How have like the people you guys worked with responded to this, let's say unique or different kind of approach to consulting? Well, I, th- I think like, you know, there, there's value for them in a number of ways and they're seeing that like one is, is <laughs> like for them, like doing good design is, is good business practice because it immediately sets you apart from 90% of the market. So the product you're delivering to your, your customers, whether that be new housing or a new commercial space is, is better. It's elevated. The experience for the people using it is better. And you know, in, in their terms, that means like, you know, higher, higher rents. Uh, it's just, it's more value there that you're creating. Um, and then, you know, the other thing relates to, uh, relates to time. And so like in a, in a context of a real estate development project, you know, you're investing a lot of money in land, you're investing a lot of money in design, all these things, you're carrying those costs for potentially, you know, years at a time. Um, and a lot of that is just sunk costs in terms of um, lost opportunity costs of what else you could be doing with that money. Um, there's the time that it, uh, like your, your interest and things that you're paying on loans that you're carrying. And so any approach that can shorten that window of getting from concept to reality on a development project, uh, there's a tangible value there. And so for an approach like Jersey and I are trying to take focus on good design that we know that communities and cities are going to be accepting of um, quickly. Um, there's a there's a real business case for doing that, it's shortening time. And then the, the other thing is is certainty. Like the the uh, you know real estate development projects are there's a lot of factors that that play into that. It's there most of them are public processes where you need to decision of city council so you've got to get these external people to buy into it um the better the project the more likely people are to buy in and therefore the less risk that something is not approved or that it's delayed or things like that so i think those are the kind of the time the certainty uh, and then just the product this, that they're already kind of seeing like hey the benefits of, of this approach yeah, I mean, even just building on that, like, a, just kind of from a totally different level and one that maybe more people can relate to, but there's a reason why Apple is so popular and, you know, they're very well, they've done all their product design is like super thought through and well done and it's very intuitive for the most part. Everything works well together and people really gravitate towards that and that people can kind of relate to, you know, that's that's good design. There's good and there's value in it. People will pay more money for that. Even people who not necessarily can't necessarily afford it, they want to have that and they, they do what they can to get it. And so we're trying to apply kind of that design thinking in the things that we're doing. And to always just it, it always elevates the quality, the feeling, the appearance and everything of, of that project by really showing it in the best light possible and then making sure that the design actually makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, that translates a lot to like, again, making parallels to what we try to try to do here. It's like we want to create an experience. We want to be intentional. We want to take the time to be able to dive in and appropriately address those things and communicate them with like clarity. Right. And, you know, if you have that all aligned with the story you're trying to tell with your brand to the way you guys interact to the, the things you bring to the city, it's like. People see that stuff and they're willing to, let's say, pay a more about like higher value because they're like, hey, we know we're getting good quality stuff and it's going to be like you're trying to say like no like barriers to getting it approved or very, very little like people are going to gravitate towards that for sure. Um, 
All right, transition a little bit here to more just jumping into the entrepreneurship world. How has that journey been for you guys? And maybe what have you learned about yourselves now as, well, me and Don like to say we're married now. So <laughs> I think you guys are also married. So how, uh, how's that been? That part's been good. This guy's, he's, he's pretty easy. Well, he's, no, maybe that's not, the, maybe that's not right. He, he, he's not, uh, I wouldn't say like he's, easy to work with he's very uh inspiring to work with because like he's very extremely relentless in terms of like thinking things through and like getting things right and so like just when i have like a notion of like ah like you know this is good enough uh jersey like will bring me back to reality and be like no no and like, here's the eight other things we need to do to like make sure that this is exactly where we want it and that's always like gotten us to a really good place is that sort of uh relentless pursuit of sort of like really high quality um and i think that you know we've both learned to uh respond well to that and 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 like i at the end of the day super appreciate that jersey brings that to the table because i think it's a huge catalyst to what we're doing well, Mike, uh, wasn't sure where you're going with that, <laughs> but uh, no, no, I appreciate it. And I think, I think we work really well together. That's the main piece is that we work very well together. We're very much on the same page or we're very much both willing to do whatever it takes to move this stuff forward. Uh, we're both very passionate. Mike's probably one of the most passionate kind of planners that I've met um, in terms of People at the same stage in my in our careers uh, and he really wants to make sure that these projects are done well and he's got a drive too so I mean we're now just kind of both complimenting ourselves but I, I think in reality like what we have in terms of being able to team up and our complementary skill sets and our ability to kind of communicate things really well and us fully seeing kind of like I said eye to eye uh, to bring stuff forward is is actually magical because you you oftentimes would have people who don't necessarily see eye to eye and that's when you start to have some problems and you know we're still in this honeymoon stage if you call it I mean, very early early days right at the beginning of this and obviously we haven't really run into many kind of real uh, business type of issues everything's been going really smoothly and it's actually quite the opposite of, of any real problems like our, our biggest problem is that our volume of work is actually much bigger than what we originally anticipated, right? And so- Which is a good problem. It, which which is a good problem. It's just, you also wanna, you have to kind of level, like Mike's good at this, where I, I'm kind of like, yeah, I think we can do it, let's do it. And then Mike's kind of like, I don't know, man, like, and he's really good at showing like on paper or on, on the screen how like, this might not make sense to take on more stuff, right? And I think the reality check that needs to happen sometimes, which is really good. And, and one of us at least has to have that, which is, I'm glad Mike does. But I think, like you said, it's a good problem to have, but it starts to bring in new questions, new things that, you know, we haven't really dealt with. You know, uh, for example, if we want to take on more stuff and we don't want to say no, and we don't want to lose the quality that we're working with, at some point, that means we're gonna have to hire people, right? And that's a whole different kind of bag of tricks. That's oh, not, yeah. uh, at all what we're used to right now we're just the two of us and it's just working yeah. and we just make sure everything works we don't have to worry about anybody else just ourselves uh, when you start to worry about other people it starts to bring a whole new level to uh from a business perspective right yeah. i feel like we can definitely relate to all this as we're probably in <laughs> yeah, yeah. a similar no, stage i think you know the cool thing what i've appreciated listening you guys just talk here shortly is like 
you know, the compliment complimentary thing is important. I would say us, me, Don, and Will as as well were trio and we all complement each other really well i'd say we're all passionate we all have our own skill sets i think the most important thing and it sounds like you guys have it all aligned too is like taking what your values and what your mission and vision is and making sure that those are on the same page and that at the end of the day that's the main focus so when you get into a little bit of a discussion or a disagreement it's like it's for the betterment of making that vision and, and that mission show up um and it's it's cool to hear you guys talk about that because i can see that that's definitely a thing for sure yeah, I think it's inevitable, like whether it's in marriage or in business partnerships, that there's going to be <clears throat> going to be conflict. But it's a matter of making sure that you're openly communicate about that, and that you're you know you you approach that that you're open to raising that those issues, right? And and talking it through in a respectful manner, and kind of moving through the other side, right? Because it's it's inevitable, right? You know that you know, like you said, you're in the honeymoon phase. Maybe there's not been much conflict yet, but um, having respect for one another right. and um, you know, uh, a common mission, it will allow you to kind of communicate through that and come out the other side with better appreciation for, you know, maybe what drove that conflict and how to avoid that sort of thing in the future, right? Um, and will make the business better, yeah. right? Don's only locked me out of the clinic once. <laughs> <laughs> um, what makes... Uh... Dundas and Hamilton like a, a unique place or, or do you guys think it's a unique place for, for some design? I mean, I, I know, you know, Mike, you've been here for, for a bit. Jersey, you're kind of newer to being exposed to the area, but I think it'd be cool to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Oh, it's it's definitely unique. It's a special, special place. Like really, um, you know, for me, like there's a, there's a number of things that are happening that contribute to it having like this super sort of unique uh, sense of place that, that's that's truly Hamilton and, and like uh, you don't see replicated um, uh, many other places. And so, I mean, you have like the first element of it is you have this incredible stock, especially in lower Hamilton of, of um, heritage buildings that have been left and preserved um, intact. And like that's driving, you know, that stock of heritage buildings is driving so much of the economic development that's happening in the city. You've got, you know, food related businesses, culture related businesses that are flocking to Hamilton because um, between here and Toronto, like there's there's nothing else that offers that sort of authentic urban Main Street type of environment. And, and so you can get that here in Hamilton, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, you've got like the Niagara Escarpment that traverses the city and like divides the city almost into these two interesting kind of uh, components and then in the lower city it's like this natural backdrop to like this this uh, really urban place and then like you know the you think of like the drive over the Burlington Skyway and you can see like all the smokestacks and the sort of industrial flavor of the uh, of the waterfront um, you don't get like that type of a vantage point of an urban industrial area anywhere in Ontario like it's it's just gone um, so like there's just a lot of cool heritage elements to Hamilton um, that I think like we've done a great job in preserving and, and just gonna make us so much more attractive and successful for um you know young like creative people to set up shop here yeah i think even building even further on that i, I totally agree with mike it's very unique if you look at london london had lost a lot of its heritage a lot of the if you were to look at some of the old pictures of the downtown you'd almost not believe that it was london 
Uh, it was very much more urban in the downtown and the core area. Some of the old factories by the Thames and some of the built, a lot of the built buildings were, you know, five, six stories on entire city blocks. And if you go downtown today, a lot of that's been torn down and a lot of it's parking lots. A lot of it hasn't been replaced with anything. And it's kind of an odd uh, situation, but at, at the end of the day, like a, a place like Hamilton and you look at all these main streets, I just, I'm, I, every time that I come here, I'm just shocked at how well preserved the main streets are and how some of them are doing really really well in terms of injecting new life in some of these buildings and new businesses and you know local businesses that kind of thing was actually becoming a much more prevalent thing before the pandemic it was uh, very kind of trendy you could say i guess uh, i hope it's not a trend but it's very trendy to have these local restaurants and local shops and local businesses on these main streets uh, with you know within a community uh, and if you don't have the buildings to do that you're not going to achieve it in the same way and it's not like you can just rebuild an entire main street overnight uh it's it's not not really possible and so that's where mike was saying you know like a lot of these restaurateurs like they look for like unique spaces because it offers a unique experience to their future customers mm -hmm. and so yeah like that's what's amazing about that and what about about dundas what i find very interesting about hamilton is the little other kind of areas of the city you got like Ancaster and Waterdown and Dundas and all these kind of places that are don't feel like Hamilton at all like Dundas isn't necessarily to me uh being an outsider doesn't feel like like part of Hamilton it feels like a, a really interesting small town I really enjoy its main street and again it does have some heritage buildings here that have been kind of done I like the, the brewery across the street is an interesting one here and you know there's a lot of character and unique character and I think people kind of seek that kind of stuff and be able to again open new businesses or go and enjoy these areas because of those businesses that are here yeah I think, I think you touched on a lot there I think I think Ham, I love Hamilton personally um, <clears throat> you know you touched I, I love coming in to Hamilton from any direction you come down the escarpment you get this cool view of the kind of industrial urban um, space and like but also how green it is you can see see how like there's there's lots of um you know parks and and sort of green pathways of like you know forest area and whatnot um which is really really cool and you know there's been so much interesting development in these old buildings you know spice factory cotton factory mm -hmm. um you know and uh you know it's it's push, pushing east as well right there's there's like you know some change happening you know over like in the Ottawa streets and, and, and over that way. So yeah, there's tons of opportunity and really interesting um, buildings for sure. Which is probably exciting for you guys. It is. And you know what, like as much as the, you know, we can gush about like parts of it, how cool it is. Uh, there's like Hamilton has problems too. And, and, you know, like if you, you know, venture out, um, you know, south of the link, right. Uh, you'll see a lot of what, all of our cities have experienced over the past like 20, 30 years. And it's just uh, a sort of a, a lack of care around, you know, creating neighborhoods. Um, you'll see houses upon houses, but um, you don't have the same sort of like urban fabric and, and, and sense of place that, that you get in these more sort of established areas. And so, um, yeah, as much as we, we gush about parts of it, uh, it's, it's, 
there are uh, challenges as well, and Hamilton has a lot of the same ones as, as other cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what I've appreciated just even in this conversation and and beyond that is like how much, you know, just talking about what you guys try to do impacts the feel of a city and what goes on in a city. Like, I think we don't, I never think about these things or have thought about them, you know, before talking more to about it with Jersey. It's like, you don't think about those things, but they're so important. And it's, it's just, it's exciting to hear like, you know, you guys are bringing a different, unique element into that. And I think that's what we need in general and, and most of the different realms of, of the world, but I think it's cool that you guys are, are doing that. Yeah, it's interesting. You see urban sprawl and you're like, there's nothing nice about that. Um, <laughs> but, but, but you don't think beyond it, right? But then thinking about how you city build, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so important, right? Working, working with those. Yeah, it would be really interesting to see kind of, it's one of the going to be, I think one of the biggest problems in the future is all the suburban development, right? Especially in, if you look at like North America and you look at mostly United States where they've got like really large lot singles and it just sprawls forever and ever and all you have is houses. And you know, if we, if, if, if we get to this point where, for example, cars are not as easily used in terms of whether it's fuel or whatever, whatever way, and that's why there are alternatives and they're trying to look at, uh, you know, electric vehicles and all that kind of stuff. but. The way that the city's built, it, there's actually this this thought, and I do te- I actually teach at Fanshawe, I teach an urban design course at Fanshawe, and one of the things that's kind of being kind of brought forward is what's going to happen with the suburbs. So in the in a lot of times in the United States, if you were to go to for example Detroit or you go to any other kind of large city, their core area neighborhoods are often completely decimated. There is no neighborhood. There's sometimes you'll still have blocks. You'll still see the city blocks the road there's maybe one or two houses on the entire block that are left right so uh, you know cities and neighborhoods go through cycles and the the big question is what's going to happen with kind of far-flung neighborhoods that are far away from anything and all you you always have to have a car no matter what to get to shopping to school to do whatever you need to do on a daily basis Whereas some of these neighborhoods that we're seeing kind of a renaissance in and a lot of people are actually investing in and wanting to live in more core area neighborhoods, uh, there's a lot of places you can walk to. Like from Mike's Place, you can walk down to Ottawa Street and there's so many choices of restaurants or shops or whatever you want to do within walking distance. You never have to get into your car, right? And so that's very interesting to kind of, you start to dive deep into it. We don't need to get any deeper than that, but yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's so many interesting things about cities and how they work and the decisions that have been made to allow cities to grow the way they have grown in the last 30, 40, 50 years, maybe even more than that. Yeah, it's definitely something that I've never really thought about, but it's, it, there's definitely obviously a lot of nuance that goes into all those decisions for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, to kind of wrap up here, we like to do some rapid fire questions. All right, so... No pressure. I'm not thinking that fast at the moment, so bear with me. All right. Um, favorite Hamilton building or urban design feature? Uh, I'd say, uh, so there's a company called Core Urban. It, uh, they've done a ton of heritage uh, revitalization projects uh, in inner city Hamilton, and, and there's a beauty that they did. It's the King James building. Uh, you see, like, the main tenants now are, like, the, the bread bar and... and uh, Uncle Ray's, uh, just at the corner of James Street and King William. That's that's one of my one of my faves. Absolutely, um, looking forward into the future, like what's happening down at Pier Eight and the sort of like master plan redevelopment of that 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 space along the harbor, uh, having like fifteen hundred new housing units there, new parks, 
new commercial space, I think that's going to be like a huge bright spot and, and a great example of like how to do a new uh, development project. Cool. You got any? You know, I don't know Hamilton as well, but I will say there's a bunch of, uh, I, I think what was done around, what's the name of the park? Is it Gore Park or what's the name of the park where Gage. they, is, no, not Gage Park, the one along, you right downtown where the triangle Yeah, Gore Park. Gore yeah. Park, yeah. So the, a lot of like heritage buildings have been redone there and it, additions have been placed kind of on top. And I think they've been a really good job at kind of keeping the, the old, but adding a lot of the new and kind of creating an interesting space there. And I was actually also going to touch on that uh, period development. I think that's it's going to be pretty cool. Favorite coffee shop? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go local. Uh, the Cannon on uh, on Ottawa Street there. Um, it's close to my house, so <laughs> that, <laughs> that's too. really that's really the the bar is pretty low, uh, but but no, it's an awesome spot. Yeah, the cannon's great and good waffles too. Yeah, right? yeah. I haven't had the waffles yet, yeah. but I'll have to try that. Do you have you been into any yet? Uh, not around here really. You no, showed up in London. Try one, if you want. A London one. Yeah. Uh, ten eighteen. I really like ten eighteen oldest yeah. village. Yeah, it's yeah. a good little spot. If you guys are ever in London, ten eighteen. <laughs> um, favorite way of like exercise or training? We're all about movement here, so. I think just for me, just just getting out for a walk and yeah. and like enjoying the city, like that's that you know just seeing like all the different sights and like it's so funny like when we you know go for a walk together, like just the chatter that happens. Yeah, I can only imagine. It's it's a little different <laughs> level. Uh, you're bringing a lot of things that most people like totally subconscious that we're bringing like into the conscious and like knowing that it was like intentional and like all that kind of stuff. So so honestly, just going for a walk in the city. Cool. Yeah. All the shop talk. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, I um, I like biking, actually, quite a bit. Um, but I also do like to go for walks. I try to go for at least 5K a day. Not on a day like today, unfortunately. But try to go 5K a day to try to get some movement now that I'm working so much more and uh, working from home and sitting a lot. So just kind of move around. And then are you guys flat or bubbly water people? Ooh, bubbly for sure. I'm huge on the bubbly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, do you have a particular brand that you like? Are you a bubbly guy, or are you... Uh, like... Not really that picky, you okay. know? We got the PC uh, Blue Label, that's Whatever's nice. On There's bubbly, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty much whatever my girlfriend brings home. I'm actually either or. I don't have a, a, I don't have a hard preference. I think it depends on the situation. I'm, I don't like pop itself. I won't drink pop. I don't feel good after drinking pop, but I do like bubbly water... Uh, it's, I find it refreshing. It's a little bit different than just drinking regular water, but not always. So what are, uh, what are you? Oh, I'm a bubbly guy. I, you know I, think, I figured, <laughs> but I bought, I, I bought us a bubbly machine yeah, for this the clinic. Always... My two and a half year old, she has a preference for bubbly just already. Crush <laughs> it's, like, it's like in the Lazar blood. <laughs> I'm a bubbly water guy too. Um, all right, last question we like to ask everyone. So we'll have you guys maybe both take a shot at it. Is um, what does move local mean to you guys? To me, I think, uh, you know, it's the connections of, of people who are doing things locally. I think, um, you know, looking at a whole bunch of different aspects of, of things around the area and kind of connecting it together and exposing it to others. I think that's kind of what I, I feel at it. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, what you guys are doing is, is community building uh, fundamentally. And like I can see, like, you know, I've, I've, I've listened to a couple of episodes and, 
and you, you know you're making connections and profiling people who are doing interesting things and bringing those interesting things to the forefront um, so that people can learn from them and, and uh, really celebrate uh, what is in their local community so like kudos to you guys that's awesome and uh, keep up the good work thank you all right last thing this is the true test of like the new businesses where can people find you what's the Instagram what's the website let them know yeah, website's www.civic.ca, that's S-I-V-I-K, so definitely encourage you to check that, that out. Uh, yeah, you can find us on Instagram. Yeah, I think it's at uh, civic underscore inc is the uh, the actual thing, so it's S-I-V-I-K underscore inc. Or you can catch us on LinkedIn too. Ooh, yeah. yeah. This got me hyped up. They they nailed it. Yeah, they nailed it too. Um, Guys, really appreciate you coming on. Um, It's been it's been fun to have you. I'm excited. I'm a little bit biased, obviously, because my wonderful girlfriend is Jersey's sister. So I'm a little biased, but I'm excited about what you guys have coming. Um, The brand is awesome. The story you guys are trying to tell is awesome. The values are awesome. So we're excited to uh, to see the growth, and you know maybe we'll see some some nice developments here in Hamilton that you guys have. uh, Played a part in. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on, fellas. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks so much.